Welcome to Back Issues, I'm Sal. I'm Ethan. I'm Ben. Today I want to talk about a Marvel DC crossover classic. Uh, this is the last one in the book that we've done. Actually, that's not true. There's one more we could do from this volume. I like that you say there's one more when it's just like, but I really don't want I kind of don't, but maybe we'll do it anyway. Mm. Uh, it is, of course, the Uncanny X-Men and the New Teen Titans crossover. All right. That's a logical crossover, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, they're all teenagers, two, right? They are teenagers young back then. Youngish people. Yes, it's a it's two teen teams. They are both the top teams of the respective publishing houses back then. The top teen teams? That's right. The uh, top teams in general. Wow. Teen Titans are hugely popular, as are the X-Men. Are they top tier, would you say? I would say so, yes. Uh, this is written by Chris Claremont with art by Walt Simonson, so you know it's probably one of the best Marvel DC crossovers ever made. Mm-hmm. It's arguably one of the best Teen Titan stories I've ever read. <laughs> I was going to make fun of this, but no, this is working for me. No, it's completely dope. Uh, cool. Yeah, and of course, like I said, in previous episodes in which they were working together and making these things happen, there is no formula. There is no roadmap. Mm-hmm. They're just like, do oh, they just this. make a story. Yeah, just <clears> write <throat> it. At the same time this is happening, they are also working on the JLA Avengers crossover drawn by George Perez. That will go nowhere. George Perez will have drawn 10 pages. And Marvel and DC couldn't get their heads out of their asses, and then it goes to nothing. Ugh. That being said... But this worked. This, well, this, this happened. 1982, you get this incredible crossover. I think it was two parts. So you got two issues. They managed to get two freaking issues out mm-hmm. of this story before they completely shit the bed and up get the ability to work together again. Right. They did wind up, of course, doing a JLA Avengers story, which was drawn by George Perez uh, 30 years later. What? Did he use those 10 pages? Uh, no. No, he did not. Aw, come on, George. You had to start. It was set in the 80s. <laughs> Everyone looked different. He did reuse, <laughs> he did reuse favorite art that you had seen published throughout the years. Okay. Like there was an homage to a JSA crossover where instead of it being the JSA, it's the Avengers. And it's like, he did a couple of things because of course JLA Avengers was a crossover that spanned time and space. So he was able to like put Easter eggs that were references to the crossover that they had worked on 30 years prior. Okay. So you're like, oh, look at that. Now Rob Liefeld bought all those pages. Oh yeah? Yeah. And like kept them? Yep. He sometimes brings them to cons. Just look Just at this. Show them off. Yeah. Here are the originals. Here's Here something are. cool. Yeah, here's something cool. Uh, I'm right. Rob Liefeld. You can just look at my sketches of Deadpool, but whatever. Are those for sale? Oh, no. They're mine. I just want you to know that I have them. Yep. And now that I've baited you in, what would you like to buy that aren't these? <laughs> Perhaps a signature for $50. Pass. It's so, like a museum. Yeah. I'm running a little comics museum mm-hmm. here. It's, this is my collection. So obnoxious. <laughs> I, it belongs in a museum. I would like to see those pages. Yeah. Well, you're, come to Comic-Con. No, I've been to his booth. He doesn't have them there all the time. <laughs> uh, I've already tried. Yeah. <laughs> I just want him to make beautiful scans of all of them and then put them in the Avengers. Cro- well, unfortunately, the JLA Avengers did a beautiful hardcover and... Marvel and DC can't work together anymore, so if you buy, I think it's $800. So 
So if you have that what? hardcover, you might see some Yikes. images from it. Well, because it's out of print. Yeah. And it never will be again. And people really want it. Apparently. Oh, my God. Well, it's more like... They probably didn't make that many. Yeah, no. Yeah. Anyway, so this story uh, opens... What is that title? Apocalypse Now, but spelled apocalypse like the planet. Right. Darkseid and Metron are chatting it up mm -hmm. at the Source. Source Wall? The Source Wall. Okay. Okay. That ex explains the creepy face. Yeah, the Source Wall is made up of, like, Faces. explorers and people who had gone to the Source to try and tap it slash enter past it to see what was beyond. And then a wall was constructed out of them. This is the first appearance of the Source Wall. What? Mm. Chris Claremont and Walt Simonson invented the Source Wall in Uncanny X-Men and New Teen Titans crossover. Originally, what? Originally, it was just the Source. It was just a place where there was a barrier made of energy. Okay. And they were like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was just a big impenetrable wall? Yeah, but like... Think about this. Energy is weird. It's hard to draw. Put a wall there. <laughs> so they do. Out of what? I don't know. Yeah. People? So Metron is ch chatting about entering the source wall. Darkseid hooks him up with some technology. And he basically jumps in there. And when Metron disappears, his Mobius chair spits back out. Oh, So Metron's oh, really? gone. Yikes. And Darkseid's like, nice. Eat it, Metron. <laughs> Uh, that, did he plan for that? I think he knew it was going to happen. Uh. Uh, meanwhile, at the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters in Westchester, New York, uh, the X-Men are training in the Danger Room. This takes place on an Earth where both these teams exist. And not only these teams, but where Marvel and DC are one universe and exist in their own space. What? Where they've always existed. Oh. And they've always been... And they just, they've always been around. They, so have, they just never met before. <laughs> So there's a so metropolis. Outside it's just both like no, no one from Marvel ever goes there. Yeah. Did or we, no, Spider-Man went there. We did another crossover like that, right? Where there yeah. was, I think it was a Spider-Man. Oh, they've done that before. And like oh, Batman yeah. just shows up yep. or whatever. Batman, uh, Spider-Man, Batman. And he knows who, they know each other. They know like each, they other. Yeah. each other. Batman is aware of maximum carnage. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait a minute. So it's a universe where all the stories from both publishers happened However, it's not those universes because they don't exist in each other's universes. That's right. It's parallel. It's a parallel universe. Where most of the same things happen to all those characters. But conveniently enough, the Marvel and DC characters did not appear in those stories. Or maybe they did, but they didn't play key enough roles right. for it to be a thing to bring up. <laughs> okay. Like, like, Maximum Carnage happens and Batman nor the Justice League went to help. Because they were just all so busy. They were just busy. Like, oh no. Like everybody else. I have or, things to do. it'd be really cool if they were to do more Marvel DC crossovers and they were like, no, let's just tell stories in that universe and we're going to just show you key events that happened. But instead of that moment where Spider-Man is defeated in Central Park during Maximum Carnage and he reads up and Captain America's standing there, but it's Batman instead. And you're like, oh, Batman built the Hope Machine. That's a cool idea. That's a fun concept. Yeah. And like, how'd that happen? But no. Uh, so anyway, the the the, the X-Men train, and it's awesome looking because Walt Simonson drew it at the mm -hmm. peak of his talent. And yeah, you're just it looks like, great. It looks cool, you know. It's a lot of words. It's a, it's Chris Claremont. He's just explaining how awesome it is because you don't know that Walt Simonson's drawing it because he's writing it first. Uh -huh. And uh, little will he know that he doesn't need half of these words because Walt Simonson can just tell the story without him at all. Right. It, it feels like the editor should have been like, hey, hey, we're going to cut some of your shit. No, that's Chris Claremont at height of popularity. You no, 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 not. we're not cutting a damn word. 
the plot is in the X-Men, uh, Kitty Pride makes dinner for the X-Men and she's worried it's not going to go well, but they all have a great time. <laughs> then they all go oh, to sleep. Really? Yeah. We yeah. don't see that happen. It's alluded to in these word balloons. Well, so, thank God she made dinner. <laughs> yeah. But uh, everyone falls asleep and they are tormented by dreams of Jean Grey, who had recently passed in a story called The Dark Phoenix Saga. Yes. Dark Phoenix Saga happened exactly as you remember it. Okay. Right. But DC also existed in the same universe. Right. And we're just not going to refer to them. (laughs) Okay. So all the X-Men are haunted by these visions of Jean. Kitty Pride is awoken by the feeling of someone looming over her. And when she opens her eyes, she sees the face of Darkseid. And she Mm. screams bloody murder. The X-Men spring into action. He's gone. It's because he missed dinner. Are there any leftovers? <laughs> I don't think Darkseid was invited. <laughs> so they're all awoken. And then Scott muses about how he had a dream of Jean and he's really sad. And then Jean appears in her Phoenix outfit and begs Scott for help and then pours herself into him. Ah. And leaves behind like tendrils of smoke. Yeah. Sure. Meanwhile, at Titan's Tower in New York City... Uh, Raven is sleeping when she is haunted by a vision of a phoenix attacking her Raven avatar. Wow. Uh, so the phoenix is like ah. integral to this story. Yeah. All right. Who is dead. And this right. is cool because like it's bird on bird. Yeah. You gotta get that bird theming. So she wakes up Beamy. and uh, Starfire wakes up from her screaming and the two of them like gal pal in the kitchen. Beast Boy shows up and he's like, what's going on? And they and Raven describes the horrible bird she saw uh-huh. and then Beast Boy becomes the Phoenix. Like, was it like this? Yeah. So Starfire grabs by the throat. She's like, it's the Phoenix. What? My planet of Tamaran was destroyed by the Phoenix when it went crazy and the Shi'ar Empire helped destroy it. No, my name's Beast Boy. Yeah, no, but she was, she was so <laughs> taken by the vision of the Phoenix right. that she instinctively reacted. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, I just kind of knew here. <laughs> imagine get, if someone had morphed into like the one-armed man and, well, in well, the interrogation room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine he would have freaked out too. It's true. It's him. So. Uh, so yeah. in this, the Phoenix also destroyed Tamarania? Yeah. Or Tamaran. 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 Yeah. Okay. So that's. Neat. One neat f- yeah. deal. It's great because Everything's Clement's the like, same, only different. Yeah. And Claremont's like, I don't want to f- explain universes. And yeah. It actually would have been easier to do that. Just be like. There's a hole in space, or the phoenix can pass through the source wall, which we literally just invented for the story, but yeah. like the phoenix can pass through, and it destroyed Tamaran maybe in this crossover, who cares? Yeah. But no, everything happened, also the phoenix wrecked everything, and, <sighs> and she's aware of, like, Lalandra and stuff, and talks about her. Right. Like, of course, okay. she's from space, they're from space, everyone's from space, everyone in space knows each other. It's right. weird they're all neighbors. That... It's small, out in space. <laughs> it's strange that the story strange. starts with someone going into the source wall, and... That's not a thing where the universes are like merging. No. Like, why did you do the source wall thing then? Uh, or I, well, that they're on the opposite side. Like, you right. know what's on the opposite side of the source wall? Uh, the Marvel universe. Right. And I that's, thought that's where we're going. They're like, no, they've no. just always been together. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh. Okay. Well, then what's on the other side? Then what are we doing with the source wall? Eh. <laughs> well, it's limitless energy that Darkseid wants to use to take over everything. Oh. So. Okay. Uh, Donna Troy shows up. They, they call, the Titans call an all call to all the members of Titans that aren't there. Well, because she, because, someone uh, had a vision? Yeah. Raven had a vision of a world-destroying bird that killed 
Starfire's people. So she's okay. like, I'm calling everybody in. All right. And we're going to, and, and that way Raven doesn't. You had a bad dream. You called the whole team. Yeah. Together. Well, Raven doesn't have to tell the story twice now. So Donna oh, Troy, Cyborg, uh, Kid Flash, everyone but Robin answers the call. Robin is dealing with a break in at Star Labs when he's confronted by the great villain of the Teen Titans, which is, of course, Deathstroke the Terminator. Hmm. Okay. Who's also referred to as Slade because Deathstroke and Terminator are both really aggressive words. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to use them in our fun, kid-friendly Teen Titans show, nor we're going to use him in our Teen Titans Go spin-off mini children's show version of that show, or the Teen Titans Go spin-off movie. But uh, I'm going to call him Deathstroke the Terminator because yeah. that's what his cool name is, and I like using it. I mean, just Deathstroke is fine. Yeah. yeah. But Deathstroke attacks, well, Robin calls him the Terminator. Oh, that's confusing because the Terminator is a whole separate thing. Two years later. But not in 82. Oh, right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. So, poor Slade Wilson. <laughs> he's the Terminator before the Terminator. Yeah. And he's Deadpool before Deadpool. <laughs> and, and he gets sidelined both times. Now he's not even Deathstroke or the Terminator. He's Slade. So, Terminator kicks Robin in the face and then leaves. <laughs> okay. But he also reveals that Terminator's working for somebody. Mm. Oh, who is it? It's Darkseid. So the X-Men take the Blackbird to Jean Grey's house, her parents' house. Okay. And they're like, hey, did you have dreams about Jean? And they're like, yeah. Thanks for reminding us our daughter's dead and that you kind of killed her. And they're like, sorry. Yeah, they just kind of like want to know what's going on. And the X-Men don't give any answers. And then Professor X is like, hey, more things are happening. Come back. So then they leave. <laughs> Thanks for that trauma. Yeah. The <laughs> we don't see the Greys anymore. <laughs> so the Titans like go what a bunch of downers. I know. Yeesh. Yeesh. My my daughter's dead. So the Titans converge on Robin who is a punk and unconscious. <laughs> yep. And uh Starfire tells them the story about how Tamaran was destroyed by the Phoenix. Okay. And you're like right on. So meanwhile, elsewhere, in this seemingly subterranean lair, there are parademons working on this instrument of destruction, and Deathstroke the Terminator is just kind of like hanging out there. Okay. It's clearly he's working with them. Yeah, right, this is where you see that he's working for mm -hmm. Darkseid. Okay. Uh, a couple of parademons like walk in, and uh, Deathstroke like attacks them with precision and skill. Because okay. he's, he's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And Claremont wants you to know that because... He is, and he's a badass, and we're going to see him be such a badass throughout the whole book. Why is he fighting the Parademons? Isn't, aren't they on his side? More or less just to show what a badass he is and oh. to kind of like ingratiate himself with Darkseid. Darkseid is And also is one impressed. of them spilled his champagne, Ethan. Yes, exactly. I see. Yeah, one of them's like, what? We're, we're all hanging out here. We're all working, and you're just like loafing around? This is bullshit. <laughs> all right. And Darkseid's like, right on. I mean, the Parademons, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. They're, just, they're just mindless works to be They're even less than you, Slade. Yeah. <laughs> Professor X is asleep at his monitoring duty and Starfire attacks. You know, Starfire's kind of like, screw the Phoenix. You people... She was here. Rah! Yeah, she was here. Rah! So she blasts into the Professor's room Jeez. and attacks him. And he's like, whoa! Mind whammy, knocks her out. And he's like, that was weird. <laughs> and then he's about to call the X-Men when Cyborg uses his Saxonic gun to, like, knock Professor X out. And then... Raven uses well, her uh, Raven avatar to absorb the professor and then, like, basically knock him out. Man, I know what the X-Men are going to love. Someone kidnapping Professor X. No, I know, I know. They don't. They just kind of leave him there. Why does the Professor X... This is not a question about this book, necessarily, but mm -hmm. just, like, 
Why doesn't he sense that Cyborg's about to hit him with a thing and right? like mind whammy him? I don't know. Like, well, can't he look, sense all these people coming? Uh, as but I that doesn't mean like he knows what's going on in his sleep. Right. Well, in this story, well, no, he's awake when that happens. When this happens, he is wondering who Starfire is, where she's coming from, and why she. His his so attention is focused elsewhere. Interesting. He also didn't know that she was alone, even though he should, because he's the like tenth level psychic. Yeah. It just it feels like it should be harder to defeat <laughs> I agree. Professor X than that. So Okay. Uh, Darkseid sent his parademons to the Xavier School to capture the X-Men because they are integral to his plans. The parademons... What? Yeah. So the Titans all converge on an unconscious Professor X when the parademons attack the Xavier Institute and then basically kidnap all the Titans because, like, one colorful character is as good as the next and just grabs all the Titans and leaves. No, you fools! You grabbed the wrong law! God damn it. Yep, that'll happen. Uh, they just grab them? I mean, yeah. there's a fight, obviously. Oh, there's a fight, but yeah. then, then they grab them. And the Titans lose. Yeah, uh, but they You're don't... Teens. They didn't notice Beast Boy, so Beast Boy morphs into a parademon and then follows with them. Doesn't he look, like, weird? He's he's a green parademon. And they don't care. He's all one color. He doesn't have any clothes. One of them says, the why is color. one of my parademons obviously someone else? And then he gets his ass kicked. But, like... <laughs> For the most part, this is his M.O. Yeah. Garth doesn't have a very good tactic to mine. Right, okay. So, what is uh, that? That looks well, cool. Well, in New Mexico, there is this <laughs> instrument cool that has been built by thing? the parademons. There are multiple instruments like this. Mm. By the way, Walt Simonson depicts this brilliantly. Yeah, Not it looks too awesome. long before this, he also drew the Alien movie adaptation comic book. Oh. And it's so oh. good. It's, it, has, it has shades of this where it's like yeah. intricate... You know, crazy sci-fi mechanic. mechanic stuff. And yeah, it's just, that looks functional. Yeah, it's re he's so good. Anyway, so they built a bunch of these to try and reconstitute the Phoenix's energy from key places where Jean Grey had the most emotional connection with. Like, her... Like, her connection to the Phoenix was strongest at these places. At these places. places, so we built these cool apocalypse... New Genesisian technology tuning forks on these, on right. these places. Because there's like still an energy signature of her left uh -huh. leftover. Yeah. So like it. where she was active. Yeah, like we go to like all kinds of places. Like, like she where there were books where she did Phoenix exactly. stuff that you remember reading. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, cool. And Chris Claremont probably wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Deathstroke's overseeing the operations when Wolverine sneaks up behind him, and then they have a fight. Yeah. Cyclops springs into action. He tells Colossus to break the big machine while Wolverine fights Deathstroke. And it's pretty cool because, you know, no one sneaks up on Deathstroke, but Wolverine was able to. Mm -hmm. But he says, got a light, bub, which throws off his ability to get a sneak attack. And Deathstroke yeah. says, like, why did you say anything? You right. Had, you had me. You could have just skewered me. Yep. And then I'd be dead. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Deathstroke yeah, tries to get him, and Wolverine you know, dodges that. And they then... both have healing factors, too. Yeah, I mean, like, Do somewhat. Deathstroke... I well, thought Deathstroke was just a guy. Deathstroke's just a guy who has really good skills. Wolverine has a healing factor that's right. actually, like, a power. Yeah. All superhumans, in, like, Marvel at least, have some kind of accelerated healing factor. Right, so that when they get like, beat up, they can just be in the next issue and yes. be fine. Yeah. Uh -huh. But Wolverine's is actually, like, really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got the best. Yeah. Spider-Man yeah. couldn't grow an arm back, but Wolverine could. Yeah. So, uh, there's a big fight, uh, and Deathstroke... Who wins between uh, Deathstroke and Wolverine? Oh, uh, Deathstroke. Oh. What's he do? Well, he's got to win. He's the bad guy. He if flings he was defeated... him around. You know, like, uh, eventually he just, like, 
the the parademons are also involved, mm. and they help overpower like Shadowcat ah, okay. and Nightcrawler and stuff. Oh. Uh, the last one standing is Colossus, who Deathstroke just like pivots him over him and over a cliff. Oh, what an oh. oof. Yeah. This is a, a judo move. Yeah. 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 Or something. We see a whole, like, we see the, the action. Cool. Yeah, I like his face when he's bent over, like, oh! So the X-Men get their asses handed to him. Yeah, by one guy. By one no guy powers. and a few parademons. Mm-hmm. All right. So, What's then, happening? This is crazy. So then we go to the we go to the source wall. Oh. And by the way, best person to draw the first iteration of the source wall is Walt Simonson. It's just crazy ass thing. They had limited colors to work with, and they made something look really cool. Yeah. Like and like unlike something that you've ever seen. Before. Yeah. It's yeah. like a city made out of people. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's a it's a wall made out of people. Yeah. And but like people are explorers and 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 would be you know demi demigods or you know people who would take over and. But like there's structures and like there's things that connect them all. It's yeah. really yeah. cool. No, it's yeah. very cool. It looks like a real like thought out thing. Right. Yeah. Actually, Scott Snyder just blew it up in a recent Justice League story. Mm. So there is no more Source Wall. The whole thing? Whole thing. Just what? exploded. Oh. Yep. What? Can they just get beyond it now? Uh, the, it was holding something back. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to get into it. It sucks. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Hey, look at that goblin. Yep, he's a he's a what is he's a, what's it called parademon parademon yeah. It's not a parademon, it's a goblin man. So the they're just orcs, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, they're just orcs. Okay. <laughs> they're demons. <laughs> right. So uh, Darkseid is just enjoying, you know, the the view when the parademons show up and they're like, "Here you go, here are the X Men." He's like, "Those are the Titans, you asshole." We Who? actually know them. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> they're from our universe. <laughs> We're all from that universe. What do you okay, mean all universe? Okay, shut up for five seconds and don't universe. argue with me, but yes. We're all from that universe. Okay, but, but if there but was we... alternate universes, like, they would be in yours. So you should know <laughs> But But you've seen these guys before. Yeah, he says, like, I've never fought them before, but, like, yeah. I know what the Titans are. Yeah. And why is one of your numbers green? And then he just, like, Deathstroke sneaks up behind Beast Boy and zaps him, because even Deathstroke knew that it was a thing. Right, yeah. And then uh, Darkseid is mad that the head parademon, like, screwed up so badly, so he just blasts him with the Omega Beams. Uh, Good. Of course, Deathstroke shows up, blasts Garth, and then goes, I actually caught the X-Men. Yeah. I'm better than your parademon. It's separately, Here unrelated. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> so then they strap all the X-Men into this crazy machine. And also, like, hold the Titans there for good measure. Sure. Thankfully, they built, like, pods for all of them, even though they weren't expecting to show up. <laughs> they use the... So there's this big, crazy machine yeah. that, at the source wall, is able to harness energy from the X-Men well, and their connection with Jean Grey and the Phoenix. They took them all the way to the source wall from yeah. Earth? Mm -hmm. How long did that just happen? Uh, oh, boom tubes. Oh, yeah. Okay, boom right. tubes. Yeah. All right. Was <laughs> this built into it already? What the source wall? Like this structure? To they built that. No, they built this. They built that machine. while they were building all those uh, those tuning machines. It's machine on built cities. for okay. a purpose at the source wall intentionally yeah, I was to do a thing. It was not like, oh, this is predestined and it's oh, already there. No, it's always been. No. It's been waiting for these specific number of yeah. like colorful characters. It's oh, it. the part of the source wall <laughs> prophecy yeah, no, yeah. that we've made up right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they built it for these guys, which okay. they stick in and then they harness it and it hurts them, yeah. and then it draws energy yeah. that reconstitutes Dark Phoenix. And Dark Phoenix appears, and she's, who summons Dark Phoenix? And he says, that's I, Dark Side. And you're like, oh, oh Dark, I cool. get it. You have a similar sounding name. Yeah. Uh, so the Teen Titans are like, so Dark Side, what's your plan now? What do you, what do you want? Yeah, He's what like, do you... I'm going to turn Earth into another apocalypse. Okay. And. Why? Because I want oh, to expand shit. my rule. Ah. 
And like, I got this cool chick who's gonna run one of my planets now. You know what would be awesome? Is yeah. up all those machines they set up, those giant things, like yeah, those... poured into the earth right. and became oh. the engines that the shit spits as, out of? As that should be, but they actually just build one in the center of the earth anyway. That is just yeah. another one, but. Dude. Where is Superman? Right? At one point in the in this earlier story, uh, there's some devastation caused by like a mutant event. Like a mutant story. Yeah. And the Titans are like, huh, I guess that was done by some of those newfangled X-Men I heard so much about. We would have never met. Anyway. And then when they spring into action to like stop Darkseid, one of them says, We should call the Justice League or the Avengers. Yeah. And then they don't. <laughs> they don't have time. They don't They're have time. defeated before they can. Yeah. Oh, we're too no. far away. No, they're too. They're like we're the only ship in range. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Uh, Dark side and Dark Phoenix and his hordes jump into the boom tube and leave the Titans and the X Men on this desolate rock outside the Source Wall. Okay. Oh, you know, okay. Because we used you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're you're done. done, and now you can stay here. It's a freaking rock in space. Right. And you're, you're not boom gonna, tubes. You're, you're not gonna you're, go home. Yeah. You're, you're staying here. So the Teen Titans and the X-Men team up and they meet and they shake hands. Wait, they're just able to get up and walk away? They don't even leave them in restraints or no. anything? They're like, or bye. Kill one or two of them? <laughs> no. What, why? I've done much worse than kill you. I've stranded you. Buried alive. <laughs> Dark side! <laughs> Raven uh, feels this like horrible strength and raw, evil, animalistic power from Wolverine. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'd, she's, she thinks to herself, like, I'd better stay away from him. Wolverine's <laughs> thought bubble is, I scare the bird chick, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> so they realize that like, with Darkseid and Dark Phoenix and the machines off and everything, they're losing their atmosphere on this rock in the oh. space. So- uh, The ticking clock. Yeah, so they hobble together. Oh, yeah, that they're, sucks. They, they grab like machinery that they found from like all over the, wreckage and whatnot of yeah. the chicanery from Darkseid and they, they're basically trying to like put together a plan to leave. And then Cyborg sees the Mobius chair just kind of floating around. So he grabs it and he brings it over to them. Oh, like, hey, look at this okay. weird chair. Yeah, well he knows what it is because it's, no. it's a DC chair. Oh, right. So they're basically taking these like parts and they're just like, maybe if I like just oh, no. cram them together. They're, we well, can... they're doing that and then they find the Mobius chair and then they just use that. Okay. But uh, Oh, thank God. What are they we doing had no it? idea what we are going to do. The, the, the Mobius chair can go anywhere and do anything, so they just get on it and it leaves. But like, not everyone can fit on it. We'll, right, we'll, I was gonna say, do they all just like... It's, <laughs> it's a little more dignified than that. <laughs> oh, thank God. But only marginally. Because <laughs> if it was like Bill and Ted where everyone's cramming into the yeah, phone booth. it'd be fun, yeah. but no. Uh, right, you sit on my on my lap here and then yeah. you climb on my shoulders and someone sits on this arm. <laughs> we, we also are uh, building some fun interactions here. Kitty sure. and uh, Beast Boy are the youngest members of the team, so naturally they're flirting with each other. Mm. Uh, which of course is much to the chagrin of Colossus, who is a big time creep because he's 18 and she's 14. So uh, we also see uh, Kid Flash talking to Storm and he goes, hey, so the big guy's Russian? Like you're working with commies? <laughs> and she looks at him like, well, you're all in red. She goes, I'm African. What's the problem? <laughs> and he's uh, like, nothing. Let me just jump onto the fucking. No, but you live in America. Hang right. on. I'm going to run fast enough now and I'm go back in time the... where I didn't say those words. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think of what he, uh, the cosmic treadmill. Yeah, yeah, well, hold on a minute. I'm going to jump on the cosmic treadmill and make it so that never happened. So. Hamana, hamana, hamana. So Kitty and Garth are like sitting on the Mobius chair because it's just a big chair. Why not? And uh, everyone else, all the big boys are trying to figure out what the hell to do. And 
Kitty says, I wish I was home, and then she <gasps> and Beast Boy <laughs> disappear. And then, like, they come back, and they're like, took us a minute to figure out how this chair worked. But oh, it turns out it's a wishing chair. More or less. Yeah. So then they're like, well, we can't fit on the chair. So then uh, Beast Boy becomes a big dragon. And uh, they all climb on the chair. They Beast Boy. They climb on Beast Boy, and he sits in the chair with his, like, giant dragon hands. I feel like that's cheating, but okay. <laughs> the whole book is a cheat. <laughs> Uh, it's funny also because Beast Boy becomes Lockheed the Dragon, who in this universe is a character that Kitty and Colossus invented together. And so Colossus is like, I don't like that the green boy, who's way more appropriately aged for Kitty, knows about our secret love dragon. So I then, like okay. Lockheed being described as a secret, secret love, love dragon. dragon. <laughs> so he's that sounds like a terrible sex move. And I'm he's, gonna give you the secret love dragon, right? And he's complaining to himself in Russian. But then Starfire is like, "Ooh, a new language I never heard." So she makes out with him because that's how Tamaranians learn language. They make out with the person who speaks that language and oh. they can get the language from them. And yeah. now we get the best line in the book, where the Nightcrawler sees this happen and goes, "Hmm, Fräulein sprechen Sie Deutsch." <laughs> He does do that. <laughs> and uh, sadly, she does not make out with Kurt. Yeah, no, I got it. Uh, oh, uh, no, that's a different language. Yeah, yeah German. She's yeah. like, ah, well, you're blue. Gross. I really well, just wanted orange. to make out with this guy. Yeah. That hurts. I just wanted to. I just excuse. made up the language thing. I don't yeah. know. So she's making out with, uh, with, with Colossus. Yeah. And Robin's like, uh, Professor, excuse my friend. She's new. And that's how she learned languages. And Kitty's like, mm, looks like he's enjoying it too. I don't like that. Yeah. Don't, no time for that. Anyway, they leave. Well, you're making time with uh, the yeah. <laughs> green What's guy. What's going on with uh, vegetable lasagna over there? Um, no, we're not making out with him, that's for sure. Not learning languages. <laughs> French class. They fly around. By the way, cool. Cool this drawing. is a really great looking dragon. Yeah. Plus, he got all the Teen Titans and the X-Men riding him. That's kind of fun. If he can get like that huge, where he's like Godzilla-sized, mm -hmm. like he should be like one of the most powerful <laughs> characters ever. Yeah. So then Raven feels the presence of the bad guys. And so uh, they teleport there. Okay. And they're like below the surface of the earth. I'm very familiar with chairs. <laughs> Let me. <laughs> Doesn't Metron's chair do other stuff besides teleport? Doesn't it give you like knowledge or something? It's kind of retconned later. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Really so know. what does it do besides it, it just, it's just teleporting? a teleporting chair? Yeah, well it also has its own personal atmosphere, I'm sure, because Metron can float through anywhere. Right. Oh, I thought that was he could just do that. Well, he could, it's he's, he, he's, he's a new more, god, right? He, he can, can breathe punched, in space. Though. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. he's just a guy. Uh, if you insert he a is... quarter, it massages uh, your back and your neck. <laughs> oh, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So they end up in the planet core. <laughs> Don't call it. That. <laughs> it's not really. They just go like it's just in the earth somewhere. Yeah. Underground. Is that, is that a goddamn Star Wars reference? Yeah. yeah. That was a boss Nass reference. They're they're skulking around when Deathstroke attacks them along with a bunch of uh, parademons. Deathstroke. He's uh, he's on top of everything. He's one guy and some parademons. It My shouldn't even is, be a fight. It should be over like a second. I Once Darkseid has Dark Phoenix, why is Deathstroke even there anymore? Well, because like Dark, I don't need you anymore. I know, but Deathstroke is clearly proving his worth. Yeah, and Dark Dark Darkseid and Dark Phoenix they got super important stuff to do over there. Yeah, you mean Bang? Yes. 
And they're not banging right now, but it's obviously apparent that they're like kind of... Uh, yeah. Yeah, king and queen kind of shit. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, they, they fight, uh, obviously because they're underground, Storm's claustrophobia is getting to her, and she uh. like calls down the lightning and caves in the whole area, and oh. like, they barely escape. And the, the heroes are seemingly like crushed under rocks, but they're just like in another area. And Deathstroke's like, I can't get to them. I better tell Darkseid that I can't get to them, but they're definitely probably still alive. Oh, so, wow. He's useful. Yeah. He's not the most. He doesn't just assume they're villain. dead? There, I didn't do anything, but they must be just defeated. <laughs> this is how every supervillain should act. This is why yeah. I don't really have powers, but I'm still amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So the Teen Titans and the X-Men basically end up in Darkseid's like, main chamber area. There, so the rocks like does. slow down Slade. You can tell it's the yes. chamber because Darkseid's face is on it. Oh, yeah. Branding is key. Yeah. So... Uh, Dark, and Darkseid, of course, wants to use Dark Phoenix's energy to power the machine that will turn the Earth into Apocalypse. Right, so right. they gotta just they gotta distract her or whatever. So there, there's a big fight, you know, where the X-Men try and stop Dark Phoenix from doing it. Uh, they're they're trying to appeal to her as Jean Grey. She's like, I'm not Jean. Right. So stop. this is saying that you know I'm not. Yeah, this I'm is Dark just Phoenix. the Dark Phoenix. <laughs> like this is just the energy. Like yeah. Jean's gone. Yeah, Jean's yeah. dead. Which already happened in Dark Phoenix. Yes. So like they know that. Right, so why are they still like, like Jean? Jean. I just like can't Jean get past how much you look like her. <laughs> yeah. Well. Even though I know this is doing nothing when I reference her. That's true. But Jean! Okay. You call me Jean <laughs> one more goddamn time. Yeah. Madeline. So <laughs> that's not better. <laughs> Raven and Professor X team up because they know that they are the key to stopping this whole thing. They're the key to all of this. Exactly. Yeah. So Raven and Professor X like team up and blast Dark Phoenix with the power of love. No, no, don't do that. Don't do no, we're done. We're done. At least it's not. You hope. ruined the story. It's not hope. It's love because they both. They, they, she, Dark they, Phoenix doesn't know love, and neither does Dark Side. And so I see. You know. So they're, but, they're but Professor, Professor X, X and does. Raven do. Yeah. Raven, the daughter of a <laughs> demon devil yeah, but man, like, knows love. Yeah, she does. That's yeah. what makes her better. Mm, right. Oh. But what about Professor she X? She should not be able to the one. What's, I feel what's, like she's, she's the only one who's uh, has powerful enough to help Professor X blast her. I see. Uh, okay. You so, have to help me blast her, Raven. So, he, yeah. Professor X, okay, so I'm going to try to, like, put some logic behind this. Okay. Professor X has mental telepathy. Yes. So he's projecting, like, loving thoughts yeah. into Phoenix? Yeah, he's more or less, like, projecting his love that he has for Jean. Oh, okay. And Raven's facilitating it, along with the Mobius chair, I'm sure. Sure. Because it has vague, undefined it, powers, exactly. so why not? Well, it can turn his mental powers into emotional powers. I think he there can do go. that himself. But they do that. Okay. So is he trying to get through? Is there some piece of Gene in well, there? That's the question. And oh, so they're trying okay. to do that. The answer and should be no. It's fun because Claremont does a nice job of describing where it's like, instead of just being like, it's vague, undefined love for my friend. It's like right. remembering things that I loved about Gene and thinking about ways that Gene would have impacted our lives had she not been taken from us. Oh. You're like, oh, that's a real thing. Yeah. That makes me feel something. Thank yeah. you, Claremont. So then Darkseid recedes into being kind of a lame character, goes like, blast, I've been foiled, but he tries to leave, and then they, the, the Titans just kind of dogpile him, and then Starfire, like, holds his Omega Beams back with her own powers <laughs> and blasts his eyes into his it was boys! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the psychic hold that Professor X and Raven have on Phoenix is starting to win, but then oh. Phoenix is like, screw this. So then the Phoenix leaves the form of Jean Grey and goes into Cyclops. Oh. 
Huh? Whoa, okay. So Cyclops becomes the Phoenix. Oh. Does, this is a foreshadowing of... Of Avengers vs. X-Men. Yeah. Does he becomes the one body of, of Jean Grey disappear? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. Cyclops, knowing what was happening and being aware of like how the Phoenix is corrupting and whatnot, he basically says, like, part of you that's inside of me knows <laughs> that like you're not anything. Like, Jean helped you exist. And without Jean... There's, there's nothing for you here. And she's like, man, like, it's it would have been better to have only been this illusion of Jean Grey, the Dark Phoenix, than, have, than to have understood what it is to be a whole thing and to have experienced and tasted love. Mm. And so she, like, hates Darkseid for bringing her back and making her exist. Oh. Now that she knows what, like, life truly feels like. And so she attacks Darkseid. Cool. So she and like Cyclops also as Cyclops or yeah. she as Cyclops. Uh, well, Phoenix. Or she it's, leaves Cyclops. She it's the it's like Cyclops blasts Phoenix out of his optic oh, eyes. Okay. And then there's a big fiery explosion, and seemingly Darkseid is is destroyed. Oh. This oh. all this all happens, by the way, below a like beautiful symphonic concert. And when Phoenix blasts out of the ground, uh-huh. it's part of a fireworks show. So they think it's all part so of the show. They all think it's part of the show. Because we need to... We like, got to make sure that people don't discover this whole thing that happened. Right! This thing that doesn't that would change everything. matter and never happened. Okay, Whatever. in a world where the Justice League exists and sort of the it's, Avengers and people are aware yeah. of it, you're worried about a light blasting out of the yeah. Earth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the gotta, jig is already up. No, no, I gotta make sure that yeah, people that don't. There's no. plausible deniability that the ti- Teen Titans and the Uncanny X-Men weren't involved in some <laughs> world-ending epic battle beneath the Earth's surface. So then the Phoenix flies through space and then back to the source into the Source Wall. Oh, okay. And does Metron come out? Uh, Metron shows back up uh, later. Okay. Like he he comes out, and he gets back in the Mobius chair. And he's like, "Cool." What so was like, it like in there? We'll never know. <laughs> Why were you in this book? To facilitate the Mobius So chair. that my chair could be used by somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> so the uh, team. So Titans, my chair could be used by somebody else who also uses a chair. Who also sits well, in yeah. a chair. Yeah. Who's known for sitting in a chair. It's, he's known for sitting in a chair. What's the most notable chair in the DC Universe? The Mobius chair. Put him in it. I, I, yeah, I would have done that. That's, yeah, we got to get rid of Metron, sense. though. Yeah. Stick him in the source wall. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, the You know, we could share the chair. I don't have to go in the source wall. No, we're not putting Professor X in Metron's lap. So we'll, the, just, we'll just sneak real close. The, 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 That's the, big enough for two. The concert lets out, and the Teen Titans and the X-Men, like, schmooze. Oh, with these random people at this random no, concert? No, no, with each other. Oh, with each other, okay. Everyone leaves, and then they're and like... And they just hang out. Yeah, like, and they're woo! like, that was fun. Okay. And we also establish now that Darkseid is one of the oh. pieces of the Source Wall. Oh. So Phoenix like just took him into it. Yeah. And now cool. you're in the Source Wall. Which That's fascinating. Which is fun because we'll see this homaged in JLA Avengers in an adventure where the Justice League is dealing with an event in which Doctor Doom tried to tap the Source Wall and Hawkeye joined the Justice League and hooked up with Black Canary, and then Doctor Doom is entombed in the wall. Okay. And you're like, that's cool. What a neat adventure we get two panels of. Yeah. <laughs> but we get this really epic story about how Darkseid and Dark Phoenix try to destroy the Earth and create like 
almost like an armada of hell planets yeah. that will rule the cosmos. And of course, destroy the human race. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Two planets do not an armada make. How many other duplicate planets do you know of that are ruled by one despot? Alright, fair The old goose egg right there. So, there you have it. That's cool. I like how, in a universe where there's both the Teen Titans and the X-Men, they can defeat Darkseid. Yeah. And, and he gets stuck in a wall. I know. Like, that's kind of cool. And the Justice cool. League can't beat him hey. half the time. Hey, yeah. stop it. <laughs> and that being said, Darkseid is significantly nerfed in his yeah. original origin. But yeah. he's also beaten by the Dark Phoenix. Yes. Well, yes. Phoenix beats him. The Teen Titans and the X-Men just remind Phoenix that she has no soul. <laughs> and so she gets so sad yeah. that she kills Darkseid for It's actually kind of brutal. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Claremont for you. Yeah. Don't forget, Dark Phoenix. You're not like a real person. You're not even real. And you real. never will be. Don't you, don't you uh, want some of this love that we all had for this person that's yeah. not you? That you can't you'll feel never have? Ever yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we, now get out of here. We also find out. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a postscript where they, rem they, they go like, wait a minute. But if Dark Phoenix was summoned by Darkseid later, uh -huh. then what the hell warned us about this happening? And so they're implying that, like, Gene might still be out there somewhere. Oh. Or that Gene's a ghost. Right, there's like, an afterlife and Gene's, like, calling from, them. from beyond the grave. Yeah. That image of Phoenix begging Scott to help her and then, like, fading into him is just... It's so... Every page has something totally rad in it. Yeah. Where you're like, that's dope! I wasn't expecting this. That's the kind of shit I want to see. Yeah. 82, Marvel, DC, just start co-publishing things make more of these in this crazy universe which I would like to believe when they did eventually get their druthers about a decade later uh -huh. a decade and a half later and they were doing other when they did DC versus Marvel and they were doing more crossovers yeah. Yeah. that like some of those crossovers took place in this universe that'd be nice that makes sense to me. Yeah. The universe where where uh, the Shaper of Worlds and the Joker team up and Batman and the Hulk have to fight? Like, mm -hmm. make that the same Earth as this one. The universe where Clark Kent is photographing Spider-Man? You know, like, I'm in. I mean, it gets really dicey when you start asking, like, what the hell happened in significant events. Like, yeah, well, the less said about that, the, the better. better. Yeah. You know, just, we're just looking at the cool stuff. I happened. was busy doing other stuff. Yeah. I'm a superhero. We're all busy. That's and now we've got twice as many cities to protect. How about in our own universes? We're like, Batman's just dealing with a problem and he doesn't call his pal Superman. Yeah. Because he's busy. That's true. Cool book. It's a really cool yeah. story. If it's available, I'll put it in the description. There's always a trade of this somewhere. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect this to be this fun. Right? No. Did this... you get this signed by somebody? I did. Uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, the oh. artist on Batman Hulk, uh, signed this one. That was before I had an oversized edition of Batman vs. the Incredible Hulk, which I, of course, obtained and subsequently and then had, had signed. signed. Yeah. So there you have it, everybody. Uh, the Uncanny X-Men, the new Teen Titans crossover classic. It is one. Check it out if... I have something down there. If not, I've seen both issues available at any Comic-Con. I think they're like, if you pay 20 bucks per issue, you're overpaying. I guarantee you can get it for less. Mm -hmm. They printed a lot of them. And no one really hails these crossovers in high regard anymore. Mm. So like, you can get most Marvel DC crossovers in a quarter bin, despite the fact that like, you'll probably never see them again. And they are ultra rare. And, and uh, first uh, appearance of the Source Wall. That's right. First appearance of the Source Wall, so that's worth it alone. DC has to acknowledge that that <laughs> happened. 
And uh, so there ah. you go. Check it out. Uh, we'll see you guys next time here on Back Issues. I'm Sal. I'm Ethan. I'm Ben. So long. Like, uh, excuse me. Certainly. I just I, I know had, that mic picked that up. Yeah, oh way, yeah. But uh, burp. well, you just mute my mic for that. No, yeah, that's true. It may have picked like up on my mic too. <laughs>